Good afternoon, and welcome to the Voice of Wisdom. With over 60 years of experience as an investment banker, entrepreneur, investment analyst, economist, and venture capitalist, Morty Davis is Wall Street and capitalism personified. The over 400 companies for which he has raised more than $3 billion over the years have created a countless number of jobs and exciting new products. Through the Voice of Wisdom, Mr. Davis explores, analyzes, and debates the most topical political, economic, and social issues facing our world today. Joining Mr. Davis today for a discussion on the border, crime, and the upcoming 2024 presidential election is Abe Katzman, an accomplished, brilliant attorney, political writer, and consultant. Abe serves as counsel to the Republicans abroad Israel, is a frequent contributor of opinion and political analysis columns to news media in Israel and America, and is a frequent interview guest on American news and talk radio shows. And now, Mr. Davis and Mr. Katzman. Welcome back to my favorite group, my precious listeners, my most cherished uh, listeners, uh, audience. It's great to be back with you every Wednesday at 6.30. And I'm delighted to have uh, Mr. Katzman all the way from Israel. He, you, you made Aliyah, right? You live there. That is correct. Yeah. And you left out the most important thing. He's an eligible bachelor. Somehow he escaped. He escaped. Uh, he escaped uh, the uh, the joy, or is it the punishment of marriage? And um, so, if you have anybody, some <laughs> some nice, lovely girl, girl, woman, he's available. He's fifty-seven years old. Is that right? That's right. Fifty-seven. So there's very few eligible bachelors around that age. You know, we men die out much faster than women, maybe fortunately or unfortunately. But he's a real gem. He's a really worthwhile guy. I don't. I don't want to see him this happy. You know, you 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 will notice. You you will notice if you alert that all our, all the married people are always trying to fix up single guys. We can't stand there running around happy. Well, we, uh, anyway, uh, it's going to be an exciting program because he's very strongly opinionated. I had some discussions with him earlier, and uh, he's, uh, he's going to probably be rambunctious and uh, disagree with me on a lot of things. So let's get started. We're going to talk about um, the um, the border, which is not an easy subject. It's very difficult. Even um, Biden and 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 the whole administration is having enormous problems with the um, with the amount of immigrants that are trying to get in to the United States. And uh, Thomas Friedman had an article. In today's coincidentally, in today's New York Times, an op-ed piece that said his advice was to build a, a high wall and a, a, and an even higher gate so that people could come through that gate 
because he's not saying that we should never have immigrants. He's saying that we should have the opportunity for them to come through as human beings without taking away their babies or their children that are with them or some better way than it's been handled up to now. And I have to point out that it's immigrants have been, I mean, for, for the United States, a, a, a real um, big reward, of, an, an advantage. Well, why am I getting echo? Yes. Oh, uh, we're all immigrants. There's hardly there's any nobody in the United States other than the Indians. Um, our original citizens here, our original um, not citizens, inhabitants of the United States. So uh, every one of us is an immigrant or the children of immigrants. And immigrants are important because and they take so many jobs that we need filled that Americans refuse to take. And we also, um, uh, it's interesting that in our history, immigrants have been generally, uh, in terms of the statistics, more of them are a larger percentage of them are college graduates than Native Americans, and and we and also since we're, the United States has a, a diminishing population, a growing uh, very old population, but a diminishing uh, a, 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 as as we get uh, wealthier or uh, a more um, um, what's what's the word? Not wealthier, but a more um, asset-rich country, as a uh, people are are doing better. We keep having fewer fewer um, children, and you can't grow the economy unless you have a growing population. It's a problem in several different places in the world. So we shouldn't have the view that immigrants are totally negative because they make a, a, an enormous positive contribution. And it's, it's, it happens that when uh, around the, the early nine, uh, nine, uh, 1900s, uh, we had an influx of enormous influx of um, uh, rivals from uh, foreign countries, mostly from Europe, Hungary, Poland, Russia, Italy, Ireland. And in those days, in 1907, we had a million, I think that was the record up to recently, still may be the record, in one year, a million one hundred thousand immigrants entered the country that year through Ellis Island, and the total population of the United States at that time was eighty-seven million. So today we have roughly four times 
the population, four times 87 would be about nine times 360 million. Right. We have approximately that, maybe a little less. Mm -hmm. And 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 we have, I don't know, two million people came in last year. So in terms of um, the magnitude of the uh, impact that immigrations uh, immigrants have now currently it doesn't approach uh, what what was happening in 2007, and we those of us that are familiar with history know that though, even those people that were all white and European were were considered by Americans by the Americans that were here American citizens. Uh, to be uh, negative inhabitants or, or neg negative additions to mm -hmm. to this country, the Irish were, were were abused and maligned. The Italians were abused and maligned. The Polish were abused and maligned. Everyone and the Jews were certainly abused and maligned. And with the passage of time. The country has learned to appreciate uh, most of the uh, political leaders in New York have been Italians, and in uh, Massachusetts, uh, most of them have been Irish, Irish Catholic. Mm -hmm. So there's no limit to, to the contribution that uh, that immigrants have made to this have have mm -hmm. uh, presented and and. Enrich this country. So you I don't want to. You know, you want me to start disagreeing with you? I don't want to dominate the, the thing, and I want to get the benefit of of Abe's wisdom. So, Abe, please. Well, I've got to say a couple of things. First, yeah, there was a flood of immigrants uh, way back when, and then in 1924, they decided they had enough, and uh, they basically stopped it because the basic idea behind all of this is that immigration is, you know, is, is good as long as the country thinks that it's good. Now, there are humanitarian reasons to take other people in. I understand that. But as a general policy, um, you also, you, you're going to want to target certain people. Here, you've got it, and, and I should probably start with something else. There's a big difference between immigration and illegal immigration. We've got a system of laws we take in legally, however many people a year, and it's plenty, and it's probably not enough because the types of people that we uh, have certain qualifications that we target. And here, um, I mean, you know, look, Thomas Friedman, uh, very nice of him to say so, but, you know, seven years ago, a guy named President Donald Trump was saying the same, uh, was saying the same thing build a high wall and build a beautiful gate. That's what he always used to say, because, and even now there are people who can come in, they can come in through regular, uh, through, they don't have to swim across the river. Um, they're, they're allowed to, to come in and, and uh, uh, ask for asylum if that is appropriate. Um, but the big problem here is really one of the administration's own making. Uh, if you ask me, and that has to do with encouraging people 
with not insisting on the basic international rule that when it comes to, uh, for people seeking asylum, they have to, the, the country that they are eligible to receive asylum in is the first country they are in where they would not be in danger. If they're coming from El Salvador, from Guatemala, uh, that country is Mexico. And to then show up at the United States' door and ask for asylum, um, I, look, the, if the administration wanted to put an end to that, they could. They don't have to give all these people assign, asylum. They can turn as many of them around as they want. And instead, they're granting them provisional, essentially provisional asylum and giving them a court date that they can come reappear. They're giving, people are getting court dates now 10 years in the future. So this is, this is not like we have to scratch our heads and wonder uh, how did any of this happen. This is a matter of policy, whether they pretend it is or it isn't. This is intentional. Um, I'm not sure how you can argue that it isn't or that there's anything unexpected about the results. They're providing, they've even created a, uh, a, an app now that uh, people in Central America can use to prepare their asylum application and then show up at the border in, uh, in the U.S. What, what, are, you, what are they doing? Um, and all along, the administration has been, uh, for all the, the times they protest and say, no, the border is closed. I, can't, I don't know how he keeps a straight face, but the head of Homeland Security, um, Secretary Mayorkas, uh, goes on and on talking about, oh, no, the border's not open. The border is closed. So, well, I don't know how you define closed, but it's not the way any of us do. And uh, it's never been more open. We're getting in the area of 200 to 250,000 people every month. Think about that. We're talking 70, 10,000 people or more per day. Um, and look, a lot of them, I'm sure they're wonderful people, but we have no idea who's coming in. They've take, they, they've, uh, there are hundreds of people on the terror watch lists that we've caught. Imagine those who we haven't. Um, how many of them are criminals? How many of them are drug runners? How many of them are, are sex traffickers? Um, how much fentanyl is coming in? Uh, it, it just it boggles the mind that this is an intentional policy, but I don't see how you can, how you can claim otherwise. Well, historically, the United States, and, and to its credit, it's been a destination for people throughout the world to live a better life, to improve their economic status. And I think that's one of the uh, great things about the United States. And, and incidentally, Israel takes in as many uh, immigrants yeah. as arrive. I mean, they check them out, they make sure they're not criminals. But the thing that you say about Donald Trump is what he did uh, that was un-American, un, un I believe, is he, he accused all of them of being criminals and drug pushers. And, you know, that, that, that's his style. That's the, you know, he, he accuses his opponents for, uh, that ran against him as, pre as president as idiots, as, you know, he doesn't hold back. Right. And even, even uh, they had something on television yesterday showing when he was uh, president and they were dealing with the 
the ceiling on, on the budget. He said, never ever should the United States think about not raising the ceiling because it, it's so wrong, it, it would hurt our image, our reputation, it's just, you can't do it. And now it's just the same time that he's not in, the, uh, in power anymore, not serving as president, he said, don't raise the ceiling, let the Democrats suffer the consequences. It's not the same Democrats, it's all of the nation suffers the consequences. Okay. So well, I'm not here to do. I'm not. I'm not here as Donald Trump's lawyer. Uh, I'm not here to defend everything. Certainly not everything he said, let alone any everything that he did. But uh, you know, just because you make you can make all kinds of obnoxious comments, it doesn't mean that your policy is wrong. So if you've got, uh, you know, if you're mean spirited but have the right policy, I'll, I'll take that over being kind and endangering the country any day. It's well, not ideal, uh, but given the choice, that's the priority. I don't. I had a. I heard Donald Trump campaign on policy. The only policy I know that he has is lower the taxes for the wealthy. Even even I was surprised to see yesterday. One of the headlines was that blacks are four times as likely of being uh, audited by the IRS. Now, they make far less money than the wealthiest. They, when they're audited, we, they, we don't, it's not to get the most money back for this country to help balance the budget. And the, th the one thing he did that Republicans, and I used to be a Republican, I, actually, I've always been eclectic because I wrote it I voted for Clinton, even though he was a Democrat, because I liked him. I thought he was uh, clever and wise and and made good policy. He's incidentally, he's the only president in the last, I, th I think, since the founding of the nation, who had a uh, a budget surplus. Uh, not since the founding, but you also have to you can give a certain amount of credit to the Republican Congress. It wouldn't have happened without them either. But uh, we've had Republican Congress is over and over again, and it never happened until Clinton led that. So that's, I like I, that's what I liked about him. I didn't love. There's a lot of Democrats I would never vote for. Yeah. So and and I I just want to give you the right frame of reference. Okay. I used to love Trump. He was one of my greatest admirers, and I was one of his greatest. Mm -hmm. When he when he introduced me, he's always, you know, like he is today. You know, he can't say enough adjectives. He said, "Morty Davis, the greatest guy in the world, the best guy on Wall Street, the biggest." You know, it was very flattering, and I liked mm -hmm. him for that. But also, he loved me because I was on a. Um, in a foundation, I was a trustee of a foundation that Dwight Eisenhower set up. Really? What was it called? The what? Freedoms. The Freedoms Foundation that was out of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, honoring what was that battle? The Valley Forge, honoring Valley Forge. Mm -hmm. So they called me up 
as uh, as a trustee, and they said, "We're honoring Donald Pump, uh, Trump, Pump, <laughs> Donald okay. Trump, uh, and we'd like you to introduce him." So I said, "Fine, you know, I'll be glad to." So I went, I flew down to Philadelphia, and I introduced Donald, and I said all these nice things about him, how great he is, how he builds the most fantastic things, and he gets it done fast, and we couldn't, uh, a number of builders came to Central Park to, to rebuild our ice skating rink there, and right. none of them ever got him done, and Donald came, and in no time at all, he got it done. So I praised him, you know, and he's built, play, you know, fabulous architecture throughout the world and in the Middle East and Egypt and and Russia, throughout the world. And he was so flattered. At the end, he came up and kissed me on the lips. <laughs> and not only that, but he wasn't married at the time, and uh -oh. he was, and he was born. He was there with a beautiful uh, supermodel. And she was so excited about what I said to him. She came up and kissed me. And, okay. <laughs> and he was very appreciative because she was so impressed that she couldn't wait to get him back in the hotel bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked him. He liked me. I, I yeah. once got him $5 million just to put his name on a building. And I flew down in his helicopter with him. And... I, you know, I was a great friend of his, but his, but at that time, when I knew him, he was pro-choice. He was pro. He was a supporter of Clinton and Hillary Clinton. He gave money to both of them. Mm -hmm. it, it was somewhat normal, and now he's gone over the cliff the other way so much so that even his own sister and his own niece, and now his own daughter. Has, has rejected him. Well, I don't know about that part. The fact that she doesn't want to be part of a campaign, uh, that she doesn't want to sacrifice four, four more years of her life to Washington, D.C., doesn't mean that she's rejected. That's okay. a bit harsh. Uh, his niece, okay, they've got family issues. They're not the only family with problems. They wrote books maligning him and saying how bad he is. And you don't have to, uh, you know, you just listen to him. And he, he's his own worst enemy. The reason he lost is not because Biden was such a compelling uh, candidate. <laughs> they they vote more against somebody in this yeah. country than they, you know, they ask some woman, who are you voting for? Some old lady. She says, no, I'm not mm -hmm. voting. They say, what do you mean you're not voting? She said, I'm not voting. They said, why not? She says, because it only encourages them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we don't get we don't get great choices uh, these days. Uh, and despite all that uh, he's uh, done, that no other pre no other president, no other candidate, having done any one of those things, could have been considered uh, seriously a candidate and 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 won an election. And he did, despite uh, saying, you know, on, on a program, I could walk up to any woman, reach, uh, reach, on the, reach mm -hmm. under their pants. We know the, and, we know the tape. Right, and and the head of the Republican Party at that time went up to him and said, "You got to drop out. 
there's no way that you could uh, you could continue you, you know and and he was he didn't know you he was sort of taken aback by that but then uh, Steve uh, Bannon who I know who I had dealings with who happens to be the worst guy I ever met the most obnoxious most arrogant uh, you know he's, he's I've met him too, and he's been very nice to me. He knows how to he knows how to be nice. You're right. Okay. But he but if if uh, there were Nazi like like what's his name uh, in Charlotte uh, when when the the riot in Charlotte was criti criticized. Charlottesville, right? Charlottesville, Charlottesville, and and uh, a woman was even killed by the rioters. And afterwards, um, Donald said, no, they, they, it was, uh, they, they were good people on both sides. Even though, said, I said, even though the Nazis were there, were there they said, well, that's, you know. But let's, let's be fair. And they've gone through this over and over. In fact, I challenge you to go take a look at the original tape that will take you 20 minutes to go through and you'll see that that so-called claim uh, calling the nazis and the white supremacists very fine people uh, is is an editing trick he condemned condemned white supremacy condemned the nazis he was remember this this they had joined a protest that was there to defend uh to try to keep a statue of robert e lee in right. Uh, in, in the park. That's right. what they were defending. You think it's a bad idea? It's a bad idea. That doesn't mean they're not very fine people. And he was, and he very much made the distinction between the two. I know that Joe Biden, no. when he started his campaign, no. this has been what has hitched his wagon to. I don't but have to disagree with you. Happened. You're such a nice guy. I don't want to disagree with you. But, but he definitely oh, said... Right ahead. That's what makes it fun. He definitely <laughs> said... That when he when when they were criticized and since then there's immense uh, support that that he's very big on on white supremacists that he supports them that he he supports them or they support him both uh, he know, supports them what what indication do you have that he supports them if they support him I can't do anything about and neither can he. Ronald Reagan once made that point when they talked about some of the people endorsing him. He said, I'm not endorsing them. They're, they're endorsing me. What do you want from me? I, I fully agree with Ronald Reagan, and I don't uh, blame him for that. But he endorses them. He's always saying good things about the uh, group. What did he say uh, uh, during the debate? The Proud Boys, he says, you know. He said... Proud boys, his words there were proud boys stand down. That's all. They said it longer phrase. He didn't praise them. He didn't do any. Uh, if you can find praise for white supremacists as white supremacists, I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be shocked. That's... I think you're, I think you're, you're maligning him. By the way, oh, I know we should do this whataboutism, but uh, you know, um, President Biden, when he came into the Senate was part of the segregationist block. His his group, uh, Senators Eastland, Gore, the Southern Democrats, yeah. these were these were his people. Yeah. Uh, Faubus, 
Um, you know, and the, if you're talking about white supremacists, the man who said that he didn't want to desegregate schools because he'd be sending his kids into a jungle, those are his words, uh, that strikes me as being worse than saying, proud boys, stand down. He didn't say stand down. He said stand by and uh, the second, I forget the stand second. Stand by, stand by, stand down. Truthfully, I don't think he knew who the proud boys were. They brought up the proud boys. The, he, the, uh, the, he always manages to not know people. Look, he recently, he recently invited to the White House one of the greatest anti-Semites and, and brought one with him one of the noted anti-Semites. Right. Before that happened, did you know who Nick Fuentes was? No. So why should he? What do you mean? He's got a staff. Who knows who Nick Fuentes is? He's a kid. What are you talking about? Before somebody gets to the White House, I've been invited to dinner. He wasn't in the White House. He was brought along to a dinner at Mar-a-Lago by Kanye West. He's got a big staff that he's provided even after his presidency is over, and he knows who he's inviting. I guarantee you he had no clue who Nick Fuentes was. He doesn't. Why? He's there. I don't know if you've been to Mar-a-Lago, but my understanding is it's basically a big club, and lots of people are there. Uh, hundreds of people might be in the dining hall, and uh, that was where you know. Not, oh, Kanye West didn't tell him beforehand who he was bringing. He just brought this guy. You're not being fair because it, it, it wasn't that they came. To a club and they're part of a hundreds of people. They came to have dinner with him, and he was very receptive to them. And very, even though he invited Kanye West, he and, has a relationship with Kanye West from before. From and, and Kanye West is a very troubled man, and I think Trump was there to try if, to help him. If he has a relationship with that with Adolf Hitler, and and he says, "Well, he knew him before," that please. They, Please, before you go down that road. No, don't... but not Adolf Hitler. If he has a relationship with a terrible guy and he finds out that he's a terrible guy, he shouldn't uh, associate or, or give him the, the positive image of being uh, a, a presidential confidant. That's outrageous. That's why, okay. his, that's why his kids, uh, you know, he has Jewish grandchildren that are really so does Biden dedicated dedicated now but I'm saying her children she she made a commitment and she's kept it and absolutely her kids go to the same camp that my my grandfather right. and they're really committed and he's very and he's very nasty at times uh, okay. even though even though he has very strong Jewish supporters is very nasty to them. Well, about about uh, you know six and a half million of those of those supporters are here in Israel. Oh, um, in Israel, in Israel, he would he would be he could win a landslide in Israel. That's right, and Netanyahu probably could have won in America, but that's the way things work. Um, but uh, but no, Trump, not you not, look at what Trump accomplished between. Not, from an Israel standpoint, the Abraham Accords, I mean, this is incredible stuff.
Netanyahu was never a superstar in, in America, but Trump was a superstar because, and, and he deserves credit because it's been a, a, a rule of everybody had every party, both sides, Republicans and, and Democrats always had as part of their platform, as their agenda, that they were going to move the uh, embassy, the Israeli embassy, to Jerusalem. Congress voted for that. And every time the president, they, vote, vote, they wanted to appeal to the Jewish vote, to the Jewish, uh, the people that are, love Israel or, 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 or Jewish, they always said, you know, they pushed them. Well, you know, every president that pushed them. They said, now is not the right time, you know, because there's issues with the, with the, uh, with the Palestinians, with the Hamas and so forth. Not one president did it. And when he came on, he did it. So yep. he deserves credit. I understand why Israelis love him, but. It was more than that. It was more than the embassy. Besides the embassy, the embassy is only part of it. The embassy was part of, of recognizing Jerusalem officially as Israel's capital. That's a big deal. Well, recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, that's a big deal. Yeah. Repealing the Carter administration memo that declared settlements to be illegal, uh, that's a big deal. Um, these are very big deals. Then the fact that he's that he's aligned with, that he's got Israel's back uh, when it comes to, uh, to to dealing with Iran, they're very much on the same page. So much so that the that the other allies of the within the uh, other other American uh, aligned Arab states are making peace one after another with Israel. When has that ever happened? Hey, Give the guy some credit. Hey, but for that, I give him all the credit in the world. That's the one good thing he's, he's done okay. in my view. Even though he says he's been the greatest president ever, maybe Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. No, no, <laughs> he was better than them, he says. He's a narcissist. He has no, he has no policies. He shouldn't be dangerous because if, if I predicted he'd never give up the presidency because I met with the guy who wrote a book with him, a Jewish guy. What was his name? Anyway, I know, who you're, he's I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. No, I remember his name, but uh, maybe it was Deutsch. I forget, but um, I'm not good at names at this age <clears throat> or, or memory in general. <laughs> But he spoke to us at the Harvard Club. I'm a Harvard graduate, so a Harvard Business Club right. member and so forth. And he spoke to us at the time that in 2016 or 15, was at 16 was he, the election. He spoke to us and he said, um, you know, he was describing his experience with Trump, the art of the deal he wrote with him. Mm -hmm. Tony was his first name. Jewish guy with the name Tony, Tony something. So he said, um, Trump didn't write even one paragraph in the whole book. He has no attention span. 
he has no intellect. And afterwards, I walked up to him. I said, I said, I asked him privately, what do you think that um, Trump will do with, you know, because it, it's mag, MAGA, making America great again. What do you think about his making America great again? He said, not only will he not make America great again, he will destroy the United States and the whole world. That that was his. That was his. Okay, and his and his and he's a ghost writer. He's not a policy analyst. No, no, but I'm saying that he's a he's a citizen. He's entitled to his opinion, but I don't give him a whole. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. No, but his prophecy was right on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's let's. Get... Seventy-five million people disagree with you, at the poll. Disagreed with you at the polls. Yeah, but here's a guy that uh, lost. Everybody says he lost. He went to 60 judges, including many of whom he appointed. And a, a lot of those cases are not over, by the way. And there's been, all uh, not, and, and besides the big problem, it wasn't even election day. It was before that, it was changing, changing rules in ways you weren't allowed to change them, getting the getting the uh, the attorney general of a state to do something unilaterally. The Constitution says that the state legislature has to do it. And there was one of these things after another. And every one of them, listen, I'll just give you an example. It, I, I'm from Seattle originally. They, yeah. they went, they yeah. mailed ballots to everybody. You know who they mailed ballots to? My grandparents. My, grand, my grandfather passed away in 1961, my grandmother in 1965, but they can vote. I'm going to put in for Social Security benefits for all those years that they didn't get them, if they're, uh, if they're still on the books. Yeah, well, yeah, you can do that, and you, you could also wind up in jail. <laughs> so uh, there were, it, it's been reviewed uh, by every... Uh, an investigative, uh, the, uh, what is it, the, what, the IG, what is it, the? In, in, Inspector General? Inspector General, but everybody invests together. There's not even one clue, one, one scintilla of evidence that, that he, he, he didn't get a fair shake. They okay. said it was, it was the, it was the most, the most How, you know, they said that the next day. How did they know? They, they looked into it because he made claims. They, said it the they were saying it right away. How did they know? What do you there mean? were irregularities. They figured out, uh, you know, what the issue was with some of them. With others, they're yeah. still, I'm, I'm telling you, you can say that every group did this. Every uh, analyst did that. It just, it's not, it, I'm not going to say he, I'm not going to tell you that he won. But I'm going to tell you that it's not as simple as you're making it out to be. It couldn't be simpler. There's not a, <laughs> a simple evidence. When you when you when you say something correct about all the facts you said about Israel and his treatment of Israel and and the good things he did, I can't disagree with you. I have to say that's the truth. But okay. but but when you say the other things that happen to be, you know. People have gone to jail for that, and Rudy Giuliani lost his his uh, he's lost his reputation. He lost his his legal law, law license. He lost his hair color. That was the first thing he was losing. Oh, and yesterday he got in trouble. He got sued 
by one I of saw. His, one of his assistants. She says he asked for for oral sex while he was on the phone with the president. He said that excited him, and she said he was forced to. She forced him to do that. You know, it's a nice thing to have, but that's part yeah. of the that's part of the perks if you become the president of a of a South American. Uh, country but it hasn't been maybe it should be a perk that you get any you know a, a, a group of women that take care of you so so then it okay was, well i remember he he had an affair with a campaign aide back when he ran for mayor in night when he won in 1993. i still remember the name christine logano i hope i got that right because i'm going to get sued for defamation if i don't right although it was never uh, proven or, or that, that was yeah. Uh, that was the word that was out. But anyway, I knew his wife. He had a lovely wife. She found out he's, he's divorcing her mm -hmm. on television. He never came okay. to tell her. And it's the same with the word, what's his name, who's a, who was a great friend of mine for years. Um, Newt. Newt. How did you know that? So I knew where you were going. Newt Gingrich. <laughs> yeah, it shows you how smart you Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Newt Gingrich, who first of all was one of the biggest movers against uh, the agitators against Clinton's uh, affair with uh, with an intern, at the mm -hmm. very same time he was having an affair with his own intern, and then he finally married her afterwards. So unlike, but but he did that, and and he divorced his wife while she was in a hospital with cancer. These are these are very very cruel people. They're flawed men. Why don't we just you know we can uh, to varying degrees we can we can argue about who's the worst of them. Very often those who go into politics to begin with are not the most pure of heart, right. and uh, certainly not the most pure of soul. Yeah, well, hardly a democracy because all the things that the people want, seventy percent, eighty percent, or something. Over eighty percent of a gun control, right? There's no, no gun control because we're not a democracy. It's whoever the donor is; they call the shots. It's legalized bribery, so people are for choice on on abortion. Overwhelmingly, that's why Trump lost into twenty twenty, just because of the abortion issue. And so the things that people are for don't get done. It's whatever the biggest donors want. The lobbyists get paid a ton to visit with them regularly. It's not a, not a, it's an autocracy. That's like illegal immigrant control that also the vast majority of people in the country want. And where, and where is it? Not the vast majority don't want illegal immigrants. No, I'm saying illegal immigrant control. You talked about gun control. I said illegal immigrant control. In other words, keeping keeping as many illegal immigrants as possible out of the country is overwhelmingly favored by uh, by the citizens of America, and they can't uh, they can't get any traction. Nobody's been able to do it so far. And as I said, immigrants have been a plus for this country. We don't. We have uh, now. We have full employment. We have over a million job openings, and we don't have uh, uh, individuals or enough workers 
to fill that, those jobs. And that's a great argument to legally admit however many immigrants you want from whatever countries you want. That is not an argument for illegal immigration. Well, they're trying to do that because they put them through a court. They get a hearing. And if they qualify, if they have no- In business, 10 years. I'm saying they're doing that now. They, they he added many judges, many people at the border. He, he sent down the troops. I don't know if you're familiar with that. He sent down 1,500 troops. Yeah, so to he, do what? To stop- They're not there to shoot people. They're not what? They're not there to shoot people. There's no reason they should shoot them. You want to? I know, but they're all there. He's not doing anything to stop the inflow. Do you want if to... anything? He's inviting wait, them. Wait, let me get this clear, because some pre Republicans feel that way. Do you think they should be shot if they come to the border illegally? No, of course not. Nobody yeah. says that. So, so they, they should be turned around. It doesn't mean that they should be admitted. They should be. They should get a hearing. We're obligated. They, to, to, yeah, they should get a hearing on the Mexican side of the border. That's what was being done before Biden. I, I'm not. And if they if they if they if their claim is good, yeah, they can come into America. But yeah. you don't get to come in and just do whatever you want and overwhelm the system and get a court date ten years down the road. There's no investigation. They don't know who these people are. They don't know who the girls are, who the guy is claiming is our, our daughters. They don't know who's running drugs. The, and, and look, we're talking about just fentanyl alone. There are 100,000 Americans per year dying from fentanyl. How, how, what, what don't you, you know, what, what are you encouraging here? What do you mean? The, the United States is a big uh, producer of uh, fentanyl. This is coming from China through Mexico. The, the United Look States. The United States doesn't produce any fentanyl. This is cut. This, is, this the true? fentanyl is coming. Is is uh, is is Chinese? Overwhelmingly Chinese manufactured and coming across the Mexican border. Well, if that's true, okay. that's a disaster. That's right. But I don't know if it's true. Just okay, just you can check it out. I will check it out. Because, uh, but uh, what what was it called? Oxycontin. Oxy, That's a different story, right? That was that was by a company, unfortunately, Jewish owners that made multi billions, yep. and and it was all domestically produced, killed right. tons of people. They paid. Uh, uh, pharmacies and doctors and everybody. Right. There was once one uh, uh, village, one town, where they sold more, they had more prescriptions than they had population. Okay. Uh, they made it happened to be a wonderful medication. It just happened to also be very easy to abuse. No, but one. It doesn't matter if it's a wonderful. Uh, uh, there are people who will tell you it saved their lives. It doesn't matter. If it kills people, you take it off the market. No, but it didn't kill people by poisoning them. It killed people <laughs> who, killed, who effectively killed themselves. No, they paid doctors. They, what do you call, what was the they name? They became the addicts. What? what was the, doctors, the doctors were writing prescriptions, and the doctors, I suppose, were rewarded for writing prescriptions. Right. The people kept on it. There was a demand for it because people were... People were addicted. People got addicted to this. It's a very, 
it, these are addictive drugs, but uh, you know maybe they should have controlled it better. Listen, but it happens to be. It's not like they like it naturally poisons people. Abe, we have to control the demand, because if there wasn't a demand, they wouldn't send it, and they wouldn't. But there would not be, a, and we don't do that. Correct. Correct. Anyway, let's let's get on to the okay. other two two issues uh, that we have on our agenda uh, that we promised our listeners. The second one was should oh that's also should oh no crime and violence. We have. Uh, I'm against them both. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with you. <laughs> no, we had an instance here on the subway. I don't know if you heard about it. Yep. Where a young black um, African American, incidentally, you know, a, a friend of mine, a client of mine, is African from South Africa. And his son applied to Harvard, and when he wrote down his on his uh, application, he was African American, mm -hmm. so they moved it up to the top of the thing. The, okay. the, and then they interviewed him when he walked into the office, and they saw he's totally white, and had a, gone to a, a great school and everything. They said, "Why did you, why did you pull try to pull this kind of crap?" He said, what do you mean? I tried to pull it. I'm from Africa and I'm an American. All 95% of these people have never been to Africa, don't even know, know where it is. So they're not African American. I'm African American. So, right. Anyway, we have 10 minutes to go. So this guy uh, was making this, this African American or this uh, black guy was starting to make trouble and, and scaring people. So there was a young Marine, 24 years old, a college student, who got up and, and tackled the guy and put a uh, chokehold on him. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that was murder and he should go to, he should get uh, at least life sentence or electric chair or something for, for killing an innocent guy. And this 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 young man is a is clearly a mental case. He's been arrested by the police thirty times, and what this guy was, he was heroic, you know, because right. other people were frightened. And now the the district attorney has brought him up before a grand jury to to indict him for for this action, and it shows you. Uh, they they tried to they put out the fundraiser to support mm -hmm. to support him. What was his name? Penny. Right, and I think he's made. I think they've collected almost two million dollars. Exactly. So even though you're in Israel, you're up on everything. So I told you he was a bright guy. If you have a shidduch for him, a match for him, please get in touch with me or send me a note or do something because. I can't stand this guy running around so happy free. <laughs> no, you know, it says in the in the Torah, in the Old Testament, that a wife is an Ezer Konegdo. You know what an Ezer Konegdo means? People translate it differently, but a helpmate generally is the... Uh, right. Uh, is, yeah. A helpmate against you. Right. 
connect was against you. It's opposite, right. So it's a helpmate against you. And that's the wonderful thing about a wife. You don't know that. Yeah. You appreciate that. Because when I got married, I found out I got everything in one package. I got a helpmate when things were tough, when the commiseration, everything. She was fabulous. But I didn't have to go out and look for, for people to argue with or to to abuse me or to, to uh, <laughs> aggravate me. I got it all in one okay. package. So the, the Torah knows what they're saying. Yeah. You're missing all that action. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take care of that. If, if I have to put you on every week <laughs> as a commercial, <laughs> as a commercial, I'm going to do that. I'm sorry we wouldn't get a chance to talk about the 24 uh, upcoming election because it's very interesting who the candidates seem to be and who the po other possibilities are. I'll invite right. you. I'll invite you back in the next week or the next couple of weeks. And sure. We'll just... I'll just I'll just say this about the election. Um, don't make everybody makes projections based on a linear extension, an extrapolation of where we are now. I don't know where we will be, but I guarantee you there are all kinds of things that have not been factored in that are going to show up between now and then. Just think of COVID. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a long way. You know, uh, two months before uh, Trump beat uh, Hillary, she was an overwhelming favorite. As a matter of fact, right. British, British bookies paid off already. That they thought that one step bet on Hillary. So. And one event, one incident could change everything. Right. But, but I like the way, the, what do you call it anyway? The Japanese don't call it elections. They can't say an L. So they say, <laughs> okay. they say well, we got to go to to the erections. <laughs> they don't even have to take money. Anyway, it's been a pleasure having you. You're a great Thank you. You're, Great guy, particularly because he agreed. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> no, you're very wise, and, and I appreciate your views. Okay. You make, you make good, very good points, even when I don't disagree with you. God That's... bless God okay. bless you. And we're not going to let you off the hook. We're going to get you married. Before, when, I, are, you, okay. when, are, when are you going to be 58? July. That's oh. coming up. That's a challenge. I said I want to get, to get it before ju your July. But okay. I'm going to write people to, to send their, their resumes. <laughs> what do they call it other than that? Their uh, resumes or their their histories, their ever, and 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 see if some of them want to get married right away. You know, one guy, one guy comes for a shidduch to the rabbi. He says, look, I want to get married. For a long time, I've been delaying getting married. But now I just had a big win. And my business is going great. I'd like to get married right away, as soon as possible. Have you got a shidduch for me? He says, I got a fabulous shidduch for you, a fabulous match. He said, great. Could you arrange the wedding, you know, that we get married like in a month? He said, no, we, we got to wait. We got to wait. He said, I just told you I've been holding off. I don't want to wait. Two months, three months the longest. He says, no, we got to wait for the right time. So what do you mean the right time? It's the right time now. He said, no, you don't understand. This girl's sensational. She's terrific. But we've got to wait for the one day a year when she loses her mind that she'll accept you as a husband. Okay. <laughs> so 
Uh, we got to find somebody who is so uh, enamored with by you. They've been watching today and so enamored by you that they just say, "I, I want to marry him right away." Okay, I I hope you've got the the right audience. <laughs> and you got you got the best person in the world looking for you, Leia okay. Leia She's made about my daughters all together made at least. 60 matches really? more than 60. okay i don't know if any of them will ever forgive them but <laughs> i've made it i've made a few you, i've actually got a few shiduchim under my belt from from leo from from no, leo? just my i'm just fixing people up yep oh you're orphans but not for yep. yourself what can you do anyway have a great week Keep up Thank the good you. work. Enjoy Israel. It's, you're very lucky to be in a, a great country that takes in all the immigrants that want to come. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's been the biggest blessing because when Russia gave up right. the, the Cold War and, and folded at least a million Russians, it's I think it's the largest segment now right. Israel is, and they made such that big... That was a boost scientists and PhDs and physicians yep. and chess champions and they're, they're terrific. So Chelsea immigrants can be great. We're just going right. to- Israel has a Winter Olympics team, thanks to that. Yeah. And also in this country, I'm a, a very strong advocate for years that we should, everybody that comes here to get a PhD in advanced science and advanced studies, we should invite them right after they graduate a, a, a quick path for citizenship. Mm -hmm. instead, instead, we don't let them do that. We said, you came as a student, you got to go back. And then they, they go back and we never get a chance to get them back again. So a lot of right. Chinese that we train, a lot of throughout the world, a lot of great people that we train that would like to stay. We yeah. don't get in, And that's a big mistake. Agreed. God bless you. Have All a right. great week. Thank You've got you. strength to strength and keep up your magnificent work. Thank you very much. You too. I loved having you again. All even, right. though, even though I lost my wife, so I won't get the aggravation anymore. Okay. Well, okay. So you, it's you, provide, here. you provided some of what I need. <laughs> okay. God bless you. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. -bye.